is the ACC tailgate Sunday night, 7 o'clock, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, church going days. We're talking about everything taking place in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Lawton Swan, along for the ride with you again. You can follow me on Twitter at Clemson Sports and make sure you subscribe, like, and do all of those things to be a part of our twitch.tv family. Chris Landry Football, that's where you want to be, LandryFootball.com, your website to get here very easily and to catch a plethora of shows, the multitude of programs that we've got for you lined up on the docket and across the board covering the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, uh, and the Big 12, I believe. I, I think I named them all. I mean, you got to name them so much nowadays, it's kind of hard to get you know, to keep up with it at, at times for whatever reason. I mean, we just have so much going on in the world of college football, and you see these leagues trying to decide what they're going to do. we got a couple of guests lined up on the program for you today. Chris Landry will be joining us, and we'll also have, coming up on the program, Roy Philpot. So we'll talk uh, a lot of college football with them. But I want to begin with what I think is perhaps the most substantial news coming out of the college football week. Both North Carolina and Notre Dame, two schools in the Atlantic Coast Conference, shifting uh, their mindset, their approach to the college football season because of COVID-19 outbreaks on their campus. And, and, and let me make this abundantly clear to you, if you didn't already know this. They haven't been around these college campuses all that long. I spoke with Ronnie Jones earlier today. He said, Swanee, he said, college kids are going to college kid. And he's right. College kids are going to college kid. And they're 18, they're 22, they were sold that they were essentially invincible to COVID-19. And while they may not fill up hospitals, they may not have a ton of hospitalizations, Notre Dame suspending in-person classes after COVID-19 cases surged following off-campus parties. And that's where part of this problem exists. You can do everything you want to do right inside your college football program. You can do everything you want to do right on the practice field and in the locker rooms, and you can teach your players the right steps to take. What you can't control, what you can't control is those other students. And the University of Notre Dame has abruptly canceled all in-person classes, moving to fully online instruction for at least two weeks, the latest school to struggle with reopening their campus due to the highly contagious pandemic. Here is the thing again. I don't want you to think the, uh, this is a show that's going to just tell you, you know, we're, we're not looking at the political aspects of it. We're talking about the real aspects of COVID-19, which it is a highly contagious virus. Big crowds not recommended. On Monday, Notre Dame, reported 80 new confirmed COVID-19 infections, bringing the total number to 147 since students returned to campus back on August the 3rd. In a similar situation earlier this week, North Carolina University also moving to online courses because of what they label clusters of COVID-19 spreading throughout their campus. All classes online after 130 more students infected. Students at several universities in the ACC started back today. Folks, I believe we can get to a college football season, but you know I have always said I do not believe we can get to a college football season or through a college football season 
with these students on campus. Well, sir, while I may not agree with what you say, I'll defend to the death your right to say it. Please do. That's fine. Disagree, whatever. The fact of the matter remains, when you look at where we sit today, we are in a dangerous, dangerous situation for the college football season. Now, on that front, we've got conversations about the Big Ten. Could they be looking to backtrack? Could they want to get into the college football scene in the fall? We've also got some breaking news, and and I'm going to put a little caveat on it because I don't exactly consider it breaking news when we don't have the full vote, but Word on the street, and I'm still trying to wrap my mind around all of this, but what I understand is potentially taking place uh, from the the college football perspective here uh, is the NCAA's Division I Council has voted to allow fall sports student-athletes to compete in any amount of competition this year. And And it will not count as a year of eligibility for them. According to sources, think about that. Does this mean that Trevor Lawrence next year would be a junior? Travis Etienne next year at Clemson would be a senior for all you Tiger fans tuning into the show? I saw a tweet say, is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I don't know if this will. And again, it's still got to be voted on uh, final approval coming on Friday. But we've seen the super senior seasons for the players that were playing in the spring. For baseball, we now, it appears, will have super senior seasons for all of the top college football teams. What will that do? Well, really, not just the top college football teams, but all the college football teams. What will that do in terms of rosters, depth charts? What will that do? We still don't know. Also, some breaking news out of the Big Ten. I just mentioned, and we've got a couple of interviews in the can, so we'll have to play those anyway. But I just mentioned the Big Ten and potentially the move by the Big Ten to try to get in and compete in the fall. The Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Warren, explains the decision to cancel the 2020 college football season and says the decision will not be revisited. This, according to David Cobb from CBS Sports. Finally, we hear something out of the Big Ten in an open letter that was published on Wednesday. So the Big Ten apparently out of the fall. Not that you didn't know that previously, but it felt like there was a chance they might get back. You were hearing the buzz. You saw the moves from from guys like Justin Fields to put a petition together this past week to try to get out on the gridiron. But it sounds like Kevin Warren has sent an end to the Big Ten's hopes for a college football season. Warren cited the following factors that led to the Big Ten's decision, deciding uh, not in the best interest to forge ahead with the college football season, saying transmission rates continue to rise at an alarming rate with little indication from medical experts that our campuses, communities, or country could gain control of the spread of the virus prior to the start of competition. He said, as our teams were ramping up for more intense practices, many of our medical staffs did not think the interventions we had planned would be adequate to decrease the potential spread, even with regular testing. 
They say there are significant concerns also existing regarding the testing supply chain generally uh, for many of our institutions. So the word now out of the Big Ten, Kevin Warren shedding light on the decision, and it will not be revisited. The hopes of a college football season in the fall for the Big Ten is out. And again, I would piggyback that into the topic that we brought up a few minutes ago about the NCAA's council voting to allow fall student-athletes to compete in any amount of competitions this year. You You could play the entire year in the fall and come back next year, according to Brett McMurphy from Stadium. Again, this still needs final approval Friday from the NCAA Board of Governors, super senior, super junior, super freshman, super whatever you want to call it, years possibly looming for college football players across the country. Here's the connection and where it gets crazy. Can you infer, can you infer based on that, that if this is approved, that the visions of a spring football season are merely just visions? Can you infer from that that there is major concern still from the NCAA standpoint that we're going to have a college football season in the fall as well. Holy crap, I am freaking out. Don't don't freak out. Stay with me. I I think I think that that either is safe to say, but what is scary and what should make you nervous is what it would look like next year if a team in the Atlantic Coast Conference like Clemson, that's the number one team in the country right now, the team that I cover on a regular basis, what would be scary is if some guys like Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence say, oh, you know what, we'll come back for our second junior and our second senior seasons a year from now. Like Clemson fans, I'm sure, are pretty excited about it. And really, anybody that believes that their program's got to build some depth would be pretty excited about this rule or this 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 new uh, you know, this vote that's been passed by the NCAA Division I Council still needs approval from the NCAA Board of Governors, but it's going to allow players to play as many games as you want. Want to play in in 12 games? Play for the college football playoff, win the title? Sure. Come on back. Have another freshman year, why don't you? I mean, this is a wild situation if this translates to football, which we don't know yet, but it doesn't sound like it wouldn't based on anything I see here. Again, don't forget the ACC tailgate. We're a part of the Chris Landry Football family, LandryFootball.com. Chris Landry Football is the Twitch.tv channel. You can follow me, Lawton Swine, at Clemson Sports. And again, North Carolina, Notre Dame, two programs in the Atlantic Coast Conference, pulling students off campus after major outbreaks, just a short amount of time on campus. That's not great news believe you me so we've got that coming up here on the program in just a few minutes we'll hear from roy philpot roy philpot who works for espn does a ton of play-by-play work uh for the the four-letter network we've also got some time that we spent with chris landry earlier today coming up here on the program as well by the way the fight song today uh, that brought you into the show if you didn't recognize it that is the fight song of down it's down the field it's the fight song of the syracuse orange and each week here on the program i'm trying to mix in a a different you know a different fight song from around the atlantic coast conference and honestly i'm not keeping a list in front of me 
I mean, that that's probably a bad thing because about three more weeks in, I'm not going to remember who I played and, and, and who I haven't. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. <laughs> so I'm just going to let it roll. I'm just going to let it roll. If we fire up the same one twice, I'm trying to avoid Clemson, though. And I know the Tiger fans are like, what? what, 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 what? Swatty, you're trying to avoid Clemson? Well, I'm, I'll be honest with you guys. I Even on the show that shakes the Southland, my two-hour daily radio show that covers the Clemson Tigers, I'm on in the belly of the beast. I'm on in Gamecock territory. And the thing about this is I want as many people tuning into the broadcast as possible. I want as many people downloading the podcast as possible. I don't care who you root for. I don't care if you're a Tar Heel. I don't care if you're a Seminole, Gamecock, Bulldog, Yellow Jacket. Doesn't matter to me. My goal is to get the most listeners possible. And one of the ways you do that is you you be fair. And I might even argue that you go a little bit against the grain. And perhaps you even, you know, the fan base that you're most commonly correlated with, they may get the short end of the stick. I mean, if anything, I might you might argue my goal here on this show is to bother the Clemson Tiger fans a little bit with the fact that I don't play their fight song enough. You are correct, sir. <laughs> Thank you. I know. That's how you do it. And again, you can follow me on Twitter at Clemson Sports. All right, so earlier today, I had a great chance to sit down with my good buddy, Roy Philpott. Uh, Roy works for the Atlantic for the uh for ESPN and is on the call for a lot of games in the Atlantic Coast Conference, obviously getting geared up for the college football season. So what we're gonna do now is we'll actually run this interview that we did with Roy Philpot a little bit earlier for you. And uh he gives us an inside scoop into everything that's going on in the world of college football as uh everybody really around the country just anticipating uh the college football season. So Roy, what's going on, man? Welcome into the show. I hope you're doing good. Well, I'm doing well. I appreciate the invitation today and uh, just trying to get this countdown going to the start of the season, about three weeks out, the first games in the ACC and a little bit longer for the SEC. Uh, by golly, it looks like we may play some football this fall. I'll tell you what, it didn't look like it a little over a month ago. I was one of the first, I feel like, kind of out of the gate to say, I don't think we're going to get there. And, you know, looking back on that prediction with the Big Ten shutting it down and the Pac-12 shutting it down, I, I don't think I was that far off. It, it really felt like, to me, the Big 12's decision to hold off and to continue to push forward really sort of slowed the momentum and gave the Atlantic Coast Conference and the SEC the hope they needed to have a fall season. I think so. And, I mean, you know, the further we get away from Last Tuesday, I, I think the better, as long as, as people are still out there practicing and uh, committed to, to practicing you know, safely. And, and that appears to be the case in those three Power Five leagues and in the American Athletic Conference, Sun Belt, and it looks like uh, Conference USA. I think there'll be some schools that probably opt out out of those leagues. But yeah, I mean, it, it feels like that. And I think, uh, as I've said on air a couple of times in the last few weeks, with each day that passes for every hour, every minute, every second, and we're still out there and we're still trying to give this thing a go, I think our chances are, are going up. And it feels like, to me, we're getting more answers to these uh, month-long, several-month-long uh, dilemmas that we've all been faced with, with testing and what happens here and what happens when this goes down. 
it just seems like we're kind of trudging along and, and slowly but surely getting getting our way towards uh, an opening kickoff. And of course, everything can change in a heartbeat, as you know and I know. But uh, I think so far we're, we're we're figuring out ways to to live with this thing and try to play some ball in it too. Well, you know, I was sitting here last week when you were actually on the air on College Sports Today. You had to break that news. So what's that moment like for you? I mean, they're still playing that on Sirius XM. You know, your call of the Big Ten shutting down and then the Pac-12. Is it sort of surreal looking back on it that you're kind of the voice that's uh, anchored that portion of the college football season so far? It was surreal, and it, it was funny on that day. We were originally slated. It was going to be, I think, me and Greg McElroy, and then just talking with our, our friends at Sirius uh, the night before, there was a thought that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 could be making announcements while we were on the air, and so they, they kind of switched it up a little bit and brought in somebody from the West Coast and, and right there in the heart of Big Ten country, uh, two guys that played in the Pac-12 and Big Ten, and so that gave us really great perspective, and we just kind of figured it was going to be a matter of, of not if, but when. And sure enough, in the second hour, we got word on the Big Ten. And then with the Pac-12 following suit, it, it was it was crazy. I, I don't know that I'll ever have a moment like that in my lifetime because you're literally reacting on air in, in real time and, and trying to put it all in proper perspective without getting too emotional or, or, you know, just going down a rabbit hole that doesn't make a lot of sense. So, yeah, it was, it was a learning moment for me, but it was uh, – uh, it, it, it was it was weird. It was weird, and I, I hope that's the last show that I do like that uh, for a very long time. Because we we were on the air when it all went down in March too, and uh, I'll never forget that either. So again, I, I hope we're on the, the right side of 2020 now, and things are getting better. I have reason to think that they are, but uh, we got to keep our fingers crossed through it. Roy, even in the midst of all of this, you know, the preparation and the things that you guys have to do in the off season still sort of has had to go on. Have you had to make significant adjustments and, and you know, you're planning for, for the 2020 year as a play by play guy. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't know a lot right now. I was just basically given our crew assignments uh, within the last couple of days, whereas normally we would probably know that by the end of June or early July. So that really just happened. But, you know, we don't have games that are actually, scheduled on networks just yet so all that's still i think being fought through you know on the programming side between all the different networks so you know, i don't know where my first game is i don't know when my first game is so there, there's not a whole lot you can do you know before you know the first two teams that you're calling so yeah the, the the prep work has changed you just try to you know stay on top of of all the current events and and, and read which players are opting out which coaches may have an issue and trying to coach through this and you know, even just following all the rumors going on with the Big Ten right now, that, that seems to be a circus with you know, 15 different people at all these different schools saying all different things. And, and it's hard really to understand you know, what, what's true and what isn't. And we haven't heard a lot from the powers that be in that league either. So I think that's kind of the wild card in all this. Is there any chance that, that maybe they revisit the decision to cancel their fall sports season? And uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. Nobody's told me otherwise. So right now they're not playing, but trying to get ready for a season when you're not sure who's in and who's out and which games are on which networks. It's a little bit of a challenge right now in mid-August. Boy, and I can't imagine what it would be like if they do walk back that decision, what the you know the conversations will be about the leadership in that league. But maybe the, the more important point that we may have been missing out on and, and really realizing it now, I mean, should there be 
a commissioner over the Power Five leagues at a minimum? And and would you be in favor of some sort of hierarchy that that made decisions across the board for those leagues? Well, be careful what you wish for because it sounds good on paper. <laughs> but the second that that commissioner makes a decision that that goes against the will of a particular conference, everybody's like, "What what's this? What's this person doing? Why are they doing this?" <laughs> I, I do think we need better leadership, and the pandemic has oh, like has really forced a lot of that into the spotlight. I oh, mean, whether that's you know, nationally or just talking about sports and college sports, uh, leadership is needed. And 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 yeah, I mean, overall, I do think we need an individual person that heads up uh, major college football and major college basketball, who that is and what their credentials are. You know, I'm not smart enough to tell you, but we need somebody to look to and say, okay, here's what we're faced with. How do we deal with this? Now the the issue there is kind of what I started the conversation with right there. is You get five power five leagues that operate in five different parts of the country for the most part. And what's happening in California, a lot of times may not be relevant to what's going on in Virginia or Kentucky or South Carolina or Florida or New York or wherever. So right. to bring, have one person that, that takes into account all those different things and can, you know, have a, a, a respectable amount of authority that people trust is, is not easy to come by. So I, I think we understand that right now, you know, that would be needed. But then again, that, that person would be making awfully difficult decisions where in certain parts of the country, it, they may not make a lot of sense. So, uh, we're, we're a little divided along those lines and, and how to bring those leagues together when they all have different agendas and some can play and some cannot. I mean, you know, physically with what's happening in the Pac-12 versus what's happening in the Deep South, I, you know, if you had a commissioner, what, what good would that do? You know, what is he going to be able to say, well, this league can play and this league can't? Well, that's what we're doing already. So be careful what you wish for, but I, I, I do wish that uh, you know, we had better leadership kind of leading the charge right now. All right, there we go. An interview with Roy Philpot earlier today. Again, thank you for being a part of the ACC tailgate here. Uh, Chris, uh, on the Chris Landry Football Twitch channel. That's twitch.tv slash chrislandryfootball. Just go to landryfootball.com and click the Twitch channel. Man, we got a ton of shows here for you. You can comment, be a part of the program, and I can put your comments up uh, like this. Uh, NBA rig says, keep it up, guys, but I know he's not talking about me. He's talking about the show that was on before me, and that's all well and good because we got shows going around the clock here uh, on the network and, again, covering the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the Big 12. We've also got fantasy football. We've got uh, NFL insider information, breaking down film, study, things of that nature. I mean, pretty much anything that I couldn't tell you about, those guys can. So make sure uh, that you watch it and make sure you subscribe, hit the like, and do all that stuff. Uh, Help us continue to grow here so that we can – Uh, Build a bigger and better audience for you each and every week. We're with you Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, Sunday night, 7 o'clock. Put it in your calendar. Come hang out with us on the ACC tailgate. A lot of great things going on here. LandryFootball.com, twitch.tv, slash Chris Landry Football. And again, that was Roy Philpot joining us just a few minutes ago. And so we'll get out to uh, our interview with Chris Landry here momentarily. But again, our biggest story Uh, North Carolina and Notre Dame, both schools in the Atlantic Coast Conference, shifting gears, pulling students off of campus, moving to online classes only after COVID-19 outbreaks. You also heard Roy Philpott there talking about the Big Ten and the fact that the Big Ten was uh, still very much up in the air, perhaps, about what they were going to do. Not really a united front. We hadn't heard from Commissioner Kevin Warren. Well, guess what? As I mentioned earlier, that news has changed uh, within the past hour. 
So uh, that's something to really keep in mind too here on the program because here's what we've got coming to you from the internet. Oh, God, no. I get my news from the internet like every other normal person under 70. Exactly. Kevin Warren wrote an open letter that came out today, said the vote of the Big Ten Council of Presidents and Chancellors was overwhelmingly in support of postponing fall sports and will not be revisited. One of the reasons we just talked about North Carolina and Notre Dame, quote, as the general student body comes back to campus, spread to student athletes could reintroduce infection into our athletes' community. Now, I have heard something this week that is very telling to me about uh, this whole situation on the front of these college campuses in these small towns, in these environments, the capacity to be able, if students are in these hospitals, the capacity, they're not going to send a kid from New Jersey. Who's got COVID-19 back to New Jersey. He's going to go in the local hospital. If he's that sick and these universities in a lot of areas, whether that's Clemson, whether that's Starkville, uh, you know, you go on and on, up and down the list, whether whatever city, whatever town you want to pick, a lot of these schools aren't in. You know, it's not like Georgia Tech in Atlanta. I mean, the capacity to be able to take on multiple cases, you know, hundreds of cases of COVID-19, not there. Maybe regionally, but not locally. And so this is a major issue. And again, accurate and widely available rapid testing uh, may help mitigate these concerns, but access to accurate tests uh, are currently limited. You heard Roy Philpott talking about some of the things moving forward that could change some of that, but the Big Ten says they will not, they will not revisit the issue. They are not going to play in the fall. They are going to play in the spring. The other, the other major topic today, Brett, Brett McMurphy from Stadium reported that the NCAA Councils voted to allow fall sports student-athletes to compete in as many games as they want this year, and it will not count against their eligibility. Now, that still needs final approval in Friday's NCAA Board of Governors meetings, but if that's approved, technically, if I understand this correctly, every kid playing college football today can play college football next year. That includes all the seniors, all the red shirts, everybody. Doesn't matter how long you've been playing, they're going to be willing to give you more eligibility. All right, Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. Head over to the website, check it out. Again, subscribe to the Twitch channel. I spoke with Chris earlier today as well about the landscape of college football. Chris, what's up, buddy? Hope you're doing good. I am. Hope you're well. Uh, always good to be with you and the great folks uh, in South Carolina. You know, I, I look at the landscape right now, Chris, and I, I was just talking with Roy Philpot a few minutes ago. It still feels like shaky ground for the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12, but there's some talk out there that maybe the Big 10 might reverse course. What are your thoughts on, on where we stand on that front? Well, obviously, there's a lot of momentum by the people that were not happy about the decision that was made last week, and we're talking about players, you know, a lot of the parents, coaches, administrators, athletic administrators. Those people weren't happy. We discussed that last week, and uh, quite frankly, not all the presidents were happy or kind of forced into this by a very political uh, situation that, that is above where the president's pay grade is, which the guys that hire presidents and fire presidents, and that is, uh, you know, governors. And so, you know, you don't know, and it was not a very transparent process, uh, signs that it's political. So you're hearing a lot of things. I mean, hearing, you know, from a James Franklin, from a coaching standpoint, complaining about 
no transparency. I don't get it. I can't really explain it to anybody because here's the difficult part of it, Lawton, is you know, the people that are making the decisions are not the ones answering the questions. So you've got head coaches and athletic directors that have to answer questions for the media and the parents of the players and the players, and they're not, they weren't involved in the process. So it's like, you know, somebody who doesn't know telling somebody else who doesn't know, but I got to tell you something because I'm your head coach. And that's the <laughs> unfortunate part of that. And that's just, you know, look, I, it, it's just, you know, I'm going to go back to the ivory tower and we'll let you conference commissioners and athletic directors deal with this when they don't even know. You can tell, I mean, listen to the athletic director of Penn state. I don't even know if they voted. <laughs> what I'm not even certain that the president's voted. What kind of a statement is that? So it's like, wow. I mean, that just tells you, you know, when they say that publicly, they're just hopping mad behind the scenes. So what does this mean for, oh, boy, are they going to play? I, I don't know. I mean, are they uh, under what jurisdiction? Are they going to sue? I mean, I, I I don't see that happening. I mean, but look, I'm not going to count anything out. Uh, would you, after the 2020 we've had thus far, I don't know what the heck's going to happen tomorrow <laughs> in an hour from now, much less. You look, uh, <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's wild. But I mean, it's, it's just, it's almost like we've reached this point where it's almost impossible, Chris, to rule out any possibilities. No, it is. And I mean, and again, not being a medical expert far from it and not being a lawyer, I don't know how they could change their mind. Would I completely rule it out? No, just on the part of I'm, I don't understand enough about the legalities of whether they could or they couldn't. So I'm just going to keep it open just for uh, for grins and say maybe it's a possibility. But no, let's let's go back to the decision last week. The timing of it's the biggest problem. I'm not taking up for anybody or pointing fingers at anybody. But the Big Ten and the Pac-12 should be in the same position that the ACC the SEC and the Big 12 are. And that is, wait to September to decide. Wait to September 10th, 3rd, push it back. Wait to the end of September, September 20th. Then if you have to cancel it, then throw your hands up and say we did everything we could. But I'm telling you right now, this is going to look bad for the Big 10 and the Pac-12 if the ACC, SEC, and the Big 12 go through a season get through a season, and I know it's not going to look the same, sound the same, feel the same, but if they get through a season, they're going to have egg on their face more than they did last week. But the issue is the timing. Look, I, I am not qualified to say whether it's safe or not to play football. I have my views on it, but I'm no expert on that area. But I can tell you that in terms of as an administrator, it made no sense to jump on it that early. And I don't think anybody in the Big Ten or Pac-12 really wanted to I think their hand was forced above them. And therein lies the problem. That is starting to get out. And there's a lot of people unhappy about it. And we're going to sue. It's going to affect my draft status. It's this. So this is what – these are the repercussions of what last week. We've had almost a week, right, to put this to bed. Well, now it's really starting to fester. And a lot of people are getting frustrated. And do you think they're frustrated? Now, let the SEC, the ACC – the Big 12 get even bigger center stage and get grab all the eyeballs on the TV set. And, man, you're going to get a big-time frustration by those Pac-12 and Big 10 coaches. You're all over it, Chris Landry, on Twitter, at LandryFootball. And, I mean, would you be in favor of a, of a 
I guess a commissioner over the the Power Five leagues. Yes, but not for the reason that people think. You know, people we don't want a dictator. The the commissioner, of the NFL, the NHL, the NBA major they, they work for the owners. But a good commissioner over the Power Five league would serve as a mediator. So, in other words, he would have the ability to be able to work the room and convince the presidents. The whole tight, we're going to do what's good for everybody so that if you got a Pac-12 or a Big Ten that's going in one direction or the ACC going in one direction, that you can pull it all together and say, guys, let's get together. Let's look at this. And, you know, that's what a good lobbyist does. That's what that job needs. In fact, that's the only thing it needs because, in essence, he wouldn't have the power, but if he has the quote-unquote power of persuasion to get people to think that they're making the decision but it's the good for the overall brand of the five that's what a good decision maker does that's what a good leader does is to get people that really you answer to to kind of come together that's what the commissioner does in all the sports that's what i would like to see not somebody that dictates and says you know because we certainly wouldn't want somebody to say uh acc uh, FCC, Big 12, uh, Big 10, Pac-12 canceling, you're canceling too. No, no, no. That, that you know, it should not and would not work that way. It would need to be kind of what's best for the greater good. And I think that to some degree the cat's out of the bag and yet the horse is out of the barn and that there's too much politics right now, too much egos. We need somebody that can massage those egos a little bit and put them in this place. All right, there he is, Chris Landry again. He is the uh, the man that threw it all together. Twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football, LandryFootball.com. I'm Lawton Swan. You can follow me on Twitter at Clemson Sports. I host a two-hour daily show covering the Clemson Tigers, but every Sunday and Wednesday at 7 o'clock, we talk about everything going on in the Atlantic Coast Conference. And uh, With all that in the can, again, the biggest news on two fronts, the Big Ten has spoken. Kevin Warren has elaborated on why they canceled the Big Ten season and that they will not, quote, will not be revisited. And then the NCAA, look for that ruling coming out on Friday. That could have a big effect if they allow players to play in as many games as they want uh, before shutting down or, or you know not even taking a year away from them. Redshirt freshmen right now, guys that played, you know, well, actually what we call true freshmen now, where they played four games and they're still a, a true freshman. You don't even have that red shirt year anymore, really, with the way that, that sets up because you can play the four games without it really counting at all. I mean, I guess that's technically red shirt freshman now, but I mean, those guys could have 14 games or more in their careers and still be red shirt freshmen next year. Think about that. So, I mean, it's wild. And, and guys that are seniors could play and, and come back if we understand the way this might line up uh, appropriately and we'll know a lot more for sure by sunday at seven o'clock again make sure you continue to hang with us here twitch.tv slash chris landry football lots of great programming coming up for you uh over the next several hours here this evening and moving forward there's a full schedule below on that twitch channel as well we'll let the syracuse band get us out of here they brought us in down the field we go uh, as the orange band takes us out on the wednesday edition of the ACC tailgate. Again, I'm Lawton Swan. Follow me on Twitter at Clips and Sports and follow Chris Landry Football on Twitter at Landry Football. Mm-hmm.